The thing that we saw this week was a tweet that both of us were like, yes, please say it louder, say it stronger, retweet. Um, Let me read it out to you. I don't mind at all having to pay taxes when the poor can't. What really pisses me off is having to pay taxes when the rich won't. End quotation. Snap <laughs> to that person who tweeted it. Truly, how did how did um how did it resonate with you? Um, very well. It sat quite nicely <laughs> in my brain. <laughs> I was like, yes, correct. <laughs> Moving on. No more. No more to add. No, more to <laughs> no add. notes. Um, but yeah, I think it is. Um, there, this person aptly captured what I think many of us think um, when it comes to taxes and the capitalist system in that we are quite happy to pay our taxes i think that taxes are there for a reason and i see why and like they are they are necessary they are a necessary evil almost (laughs) um but what makes me angry is when people don't do their part like everyone has to pay taxes we all need to we all need to contribute to society in that in that way and yeah. some people are more well off than others therefore some people need to pay more than others to help those who cannot um cannot afford like basic basic things um so that's yeah so that's why we pay pay more or it's in like a the scale whatever the scale is but yeah it just annoys me when there are super rich people who choose to evade paying tax example being trump and it came out that this year he'd only paid 750 dollars how is it that we pay more sorry how is it that we paid more than he did right this is me and my meager starting (laughs) meager starting salary and i've paid more taxes than trump this year um so yeah what about you i thought it was um fantastic tweet i I really agreed with it because i've thought about you know i don't really personally mind if my taxes get increased if it means that there are people who are more disadvantaged still have access to resources that are supposed to be for the common good so like the whole point of tax right is that um it's supposed to be like this collective pot of wealth that's supposed to help um fund all of these resources that are for the common good like we should all be having access to good roads and clean air and have access mm-hmm. to like affordable public transportation and our our healthcare system etc cetera, etc cetera. so i personally have no problems paying more into that pot and like you said with our like 20 year old starter salaries mm-hmm. yeah like graduate pay where it's not a lot of money 
And um, and I still don't mind paying more if it means that that money is is going to go towards something that otherwise I would have had to pay out of pocket for. Yes, and you'll end up needing you'll end up needing anyway. Like everyone needs healthcare, everyone needs mm-hmm. good roads that like you don't want to be driving around with like potholes and having to like fix your car every day because you've like your wheel your tires have burst or <laughs> whatever like yeah. everyone um will need everyone needs the services that we pay the taxes towards um, yeah it's just a case of that distribution of money and how that's how well that's done because that's also part of the the problem is that we're all paying these taxes but actually the people that need the money most often aren't the ones that benefit from from the tax system or they have to jump through so many hoops to get to what they need yeah um, true which is silly it is a bit silly and i think um there was like this analogy that i kept hearing in boarding school when i was like and it was just like this it just didn't sit right with me because i mean at the way you explain it it's, it's super simplified it's basically this analogy that <clears throat> like if you and a couple of friends go to the pub um and you each buy a pint and one person pays two pounds and another person pays like one pound 50 and another person pays 75p all for the same thing. How is that fair? And that was an argument used, I guess, by conservative rich people that don't necessarily want to have to pay more in tax. And mm. on the surface, that seems like such like an easy analogy to agree with, right? Because you're like, okay, yeah, like if you go all go to the pub, like you should all purchase the same product for the same price yeah but that analogy doesn't really work and i kind of like learned this later while i was not at school i guess um when you realize that actually the people who are earning significantly more often are people who have maybe had head starts in life Mm -hmm. they've maybe had generation generational wealth they've maybe had um high earning jobs because we value work in very different ways mm-hmm. um and not all labor is treated the same and then there are also people that become super rich through exploitation of people in yeah. um working class communities or in um poor countries or people of color who um are are stuck in systems where they they don't have access to as many resources and opportunities so the only work that they can afford that, that they can have access to is labor work so that analogy is really weird to me and it also connects to a lot of like the capitalist myths that we hear mm. all the time like oh if you work hard you'll be successful or um such a myth <laughs> Yeah, such a myth because um, not to say that I don't think it's important to explain not to say that we're saying um, success isn't because people haven't worked hard mm-hmm. it's because um, like Kavita was saying about how the um, different jobs are valued um, valued differently so you know I could work in a lower paying job say I don't know hospitality tends to be lower um lower valued in this country i could work in hospitality but i could work crazy hours like really really long or have multiple hospital multiple hospitality jobs mm-hmm. um i'm still working hard but i'm not earning the same amount of money as some 
someone in a big corporate bank or something who's working those same hours just in a different job so you can't say that I am not the reason I'm not successful is because I'm not working hard I am Mm -hmm. I'm just doing a different type of work that doesn't have to be happen to be valued in the same way yeah um and that is part of the issue of the narrative and that's how a lot of um generally how a lot of rich people um explain why they are explain away why they are richer than others it's like, oh, because don't I make me hard feel to be bad here. for my richness and yeah. <laughs> stop making me feel bad for having worked hard and become successful yeah and it's the, the same reason that you know the people that um protect try to protect the rich people the people who want uh, to be that rich themselves billionaire again. simps yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally again not an issue but they're the same people like "Mm, you can't um you can't don't like dig on them because they work hard like if you just worked hard and it's like um there was this really great tweet that was like people forget that they're actually closer to when it was comparing um like refugees Mm. to like billionaires people forget that they're actually closer to being a refugee than they are to being a billionaire. a billionaire um and so you should really consider who it is that you're protecting and why because yeah. people were trying to be like oh but you know the billionaires shouldn't have to pay blah 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 to help like xyz people it's their hard-earned money blah 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 and it's like well you're not gonna get not to say you'll never get to that point but the the, the likelihood of you becoming a billionaire is so slim in comparison to the likelihood of you um I don't know something happening and you losing your job and then you're having like you're on the breadline I think that's in the word for it um or something so like it's really important that we ensure that everyone is looked after mm-hmm. because you could just as easily become that person that needs looking after um yeah in any in but tomorrow like any anything could happen mm-hmm Definitely. And it's it's really interesting. I think with the pandemic, we've kind of seen who our key workers are mm. and who is really important for our society to function. And it's people who are postmen, people who like post people, um, people who are like in hospitality, people who are like uh, people that collect our trash, You know, Mm -hmm. like those are the people that really keep our society going and we still don't value their work in the same way. And there are societies in which, for example, you can earn a really good living being a waiter. And it's like, why Mm -hmm. wouldn't, why shouldn't you be able to earn a decent living if you're a waiter? It's a hard job. It is hard work. People suck. People suck so much. (laughs) Being a barista was hard work. And I've worked in like, I've worked in restaurants and like working in hospitality in general is hard work and it takes mm-hmm. so much energy and patience and time and so many soft skills as well so it's not a low skilled job either and okay mm-hmm. like by the way being a speciality coffee barista is not low skilled at no. all <laughs> sometimes i really think that i use a lot of like engineering knowledge and theory in coffee extraction and there mm-hmm. is to oh. be fair um more than i sometimes do in my actual engineering job <laughs> Um, which is hilarious Amazing. to me, but it, it just goes to show that like, there is so much skill that hap- that is involved with a lot of these jobs and we don't value them in the same way. And then that lack of value allows for people who are wealthy to exploit people and to say, 
you know, I don't have to pay you a, a decent living wage. You know, I don't have to pay you whatever. And and why aren't those people held accountable for what is actually kind of a devastating crime? Like that that kind of behavior can really devastate people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. for example, that sports direct guy and how he wasn't even like that um how he wasn't even paying his warehouse workers like a a living wage. God. Um and that was happening like here in the UK, but that's not i always always say that that everyone should do a like customer service job or a labor job in in their life 100%. it really changes your perspective um of the the people in those roles um and it's a shame that it, for some people that they need to do the jobs to then empathize with those with those people but um i do think it's important because it really does change your your perspective of how you treat people in that industry um, and as you were saying it should be it those some of those jobs should be valued as higher paying because like you were saying in the um in the pandemic um we as you said you we realized who our key workers were because there were lots of jobs available i think it was like fruit picking mm-hmm. or something lots of jobs available for fruit picking and um there were like British people don't usually do those jobs. It's usually um, immigrants who come to the, the country. Yeah. Um, but there were loads of roles available because of the pandemic. People weren't coming in or they'd gone home or, or whatever. Um, and some British people started doing them and then they'd like quit within like a week, two weeks. Because it's hard. <laughs> yeah. Because they're like, we don't do this. And it was just so, it made, it really, mum and I were talking about it, it really made us like, laugh that those were the same people who were like mm, these people have come and stolen our jobs blah 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 all of that stuff um but they're so undervalued mm-hmm. and yet when it push comes to shove and someone one of those people actually tries to who says those things actually tries to do the job is like no don't want to do this anymore yeah not for me it's so hard and it's seen as something that's beneath you and it's it's like subhuman and it's like well why then like why yeah you don't want to do it yeah and i think it's also it's a very privileged thing to be able to tap into this working class world and then tap out and be like okay now i have changed in per- my perspective right yeah mm-hmm. like very, we, very we are true. very privileged that we can like i'm extremely privileged that I, I was able to work in that world and that be the thing that shifted elements of my perspective Mm-hmm. As opposed to just like living that life constantly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. the The capitalist myths are multifaceted, you know, and um, working hard is the biggest myth of all. Because, for example, mm-hmm. I watched uh, Marcus Rashford's documentary recently, mm-hmm. and at one point, his mom was working three jobs, taking care of five children. And, you know, people will always be like, well, you know, why, why did you have so many children if you couldn't take care of them? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's like, cue the eye roll because, yeah, <laughs> like life throws things at you constantly, you mm-hmm. know? And, and this is, this is an argument that was used by a lot of the politicians that were like, why should we have to like feed these children just because their parents can't take care of them? And it's like, you're coming from this place of extreme privilege where you mm. can say that like my life, even if things change, 
my children will be still be fine when there are some people that have multiple jobs and and maybe then their partner becomes disabled or they have to become a full-time carer or they become a widow or whatever like circumstances change all the time or a pandemic comes along and they can't work anymore <laughs> ding 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 <laughs> you know and like in that situation why, why are we not able to take care of the people that need to be like why are we not paying people enough that they're not able to to take care of themselves and why are our, our public services not able to take care of the public <laughs> yeah literally <laughs> yeah and then that's why it comes back to like happy to pay tax and all that but it needs to be distributed in a way that it helps it is helping the people that need it yeah and and like you know we another myth is like how we blame poor people for their own poverty and that kind of like links in with how um we view not only poor people but like people of color and also uh, people who are i don't know like incarcerated or have been incarcerated in the past or like people from across the globe and it's like how can how can we not recognize that there's so many different power dynamics and there's so much lack of resource and so much lack of opportunity for so many different people um that prevents them from being able to escape that poverty yeah it's cyclical and um it's just working as signs, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. It's weird. It's very weird. It's very weird. But in that, you mentioned, um, like, prisons um, and people going to prison and stuff. I think it's, um, the, yeah, the prison labour. I think it was, did you say sports direct? No, you didn't. Yeah. You said sports direct. wasn't prison labour, though. No, I th- no, that was just like that. exploiting their employees but <laughs> i said just i mean it could have been sports there. minor been yeah it been, um, who knows but there are there are companies that um that will that use prison labor to um as in their in their supply chain prison labor is actually a form of modern day slavery um and it was just a way of um exploiting people mainly people of color again especially after slavery itself was um quote unquote abolished in the u.s um, and it was you that was saying that it was actually in the constitution that it says that slavery is like illegal or whatever except in prisons yeah um so, so it meant felon, so then they ended up an enslaved person essentially exactly so they ended up then being like great now we can just imprison the people of color um and they can be continue being slaves to the to the system and it's actually some of some people's like favorite big companies i don't know names so um like off the top of my head so i don't want to like reel them off and then don't at annabelle (laughs) don't at me but it's definitely a thing (laughs) do your research and then you shall see um that use this um prison labor and they're not being paid or if they are it's like pennies um Again, exploiting a system that is um, hurting the the unprivileged people, yeah. lower class people in the in the system. A good documentary explaining all of that is Thirteenth on Netflix. Netflix. Yes. I'm thinking it's on Netflix. I think so. It's a good documentary though, and it explains the American system quite well. And it, 
I mean, obviously there are loads of parallels between what happens in the US and what happens here in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that exactly what happens in the US happens here, but there are parallels. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting how um, that's the new way of controlling essentially black people in the States because capitalism does find ways to prey on existing vulnerabilities and existing inequalities and inequities mm-hmm. within society anyway. Um, so it like upholds all of these very oppressive systems and how now through globalization, capitalism is keeping the global South poor through over-exploitation mm-hmm. and over-extraction of resource in other countries so that we in the West can have, like, so that we can consume more, like, buy more fashion. And it doesn't matter that the people who are picking the cotton and making these clothes are literally dying from Mm -hmm. terrible working conditions. And buy these laptops and it doesn't matter that the people buy more buy a new laptop every two years and it doesn't matter that the people that have, like, had to mine for these precious metals are children in in other countries and aren't paid and buy all of this food and it doesn't matter that the people who are um you know eat as many avocados as you want it doesn't matter that there's like rivalry between farmers in peru and they're actually murdering each other so that they have opportunities to sell to western buyers and yeah I think it's, it's so easy to forget, like how you said about the exploiting resources from other countries. That's another thing that another capitalist myth that people love to spew, which is like, oh, but these poor countries, again, like, you know, you should help yourself. They should help themselves. It's their fault that they're poor, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, but it's you, your, our countries that are like Western countries that are taking the resources from forcefully those countries yeah exactly that's why i said taking not um being gifted oh yeah forcefully <laughs> it's not through trade or anything it's through force no yeah like yeah forcefully taking the resources from these uh these countries which means that they don't have the resources for themselves and that's why they're not doing as well and that is why the western countries are doing better which is what people forget like we don't have the resources in our country so we're taking them from other places if we didn't take from other places we'd not be doing well at all yeah what is this little island going to be able to grow absolutely nothing (laughs) what do we have potatoes and wheat (laughs) corn no do we even have corn Eh, yes strawberries sometimes (laughs) <laughs> like two weeks we have strawberries <laughs> we'd be starving for most of the year <laughs> yeah and exactly. it's so easy to like forget that there is like another human being that picked and packed that strawberry that you then eat right mm-hmm. like we find so many ways to dissociate the human attached to who made our clothes the human attached to who picked our food the human attached to everything but there is another human being at the other end of that and it is more than likely that they are being exploited and and that kind of ties in again to like that's how close we all are to being refugees compared to how we are close to being 
billionaires. We are so yeah. it's it's a very fine line that we are treading. And I think For also sure. with all of this over extraction and over consumption, we also have to recognize how capitalism can kind of fuel has been fueling massively the climate crisis. Mm. Um you know, we we have and and with our consumption it's it's all very linear. Um we have we buy an that? item, we use it, we discard it. Okay. It's out of our minds, out of our okay. thoughts. But that's not really how the world works. Things are cyclical and things move in cycles and just like we have the four seasons, things will end and start up again. And how yeah. can we not recognize that at the end of your time using your old smartphone, there's something else happens to it once you get rid of it. You know? Yeah. But people forget, like you said, out of sight, out of mind. They're like, oh, once it's gone, then it's then it's gone. Oh, once I've recycled my plastic and put it in my recycling box, Job then done. that plastic is, I've done my bit for society and we're saving the world. No. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And, um, you know, we, we don't just value items in this sort of like linear usage, then the third away kind of manner we also value um life and labor in that way People. like we yeah. we it's it's really sad because now we have this like linear consumption point of view with everything and including like how we view human labor and animal lives and stuff and mm -hmm. i think a really interesting example is how when the amazon was on fire two years ago i mean it was on yeah. fire this summer as well but um when there was like a lot of awareness about the um, Amazon fires, there was like no real support going into like how we would stop it from happening anymore and yeah. how we would um, prevent it happening again. But, and there was like no real like resource, no corporations were like, no corporations were like, I'm going to pledge X amount of money, blah, 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 blah. But then yeah. when the Notre Dame, an empty okay. building, was burnt down how much money did they raise over 600 million euro Ridiculous. people and then they didn't even raise money people willingly donated like apple yeah. was like i'm gonna donate blah 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 and it's just like we seriously don't value ecosystems and animal life and human people, people that like yeah. indigenous communities that live in the amazon like we didn't have a care in the world about them but for this mm. empty building that nobody died in that no fire. no one died not a single person that's another comparison that annoyed me with the, which was that notre dame versus um the grenfell tower yeah and how um when grenfell burnt like lots of people died um many more people i'm sure have um respiratory diseases now because of because of it mm -hmm. and then um, people are still very much displaced from their homes like even now people still haven't been rehoused um from that incident and like they raised some money but it was like pennies in comparison and then i think it was like two months later maybe um notre dame um oh and also the government were like mm, we'll see what we can do Mimi. and then a couple of months later notre dame burned down and our government um, pledged like I think it was one or two million to this building, and everyone was like, S "Sorry, <laughs> the same." This was the same prime minister that was like, "There's no magic money tree, right?" Yeah, same one. 
<laughs> Same one. And we were like, um, what? So we were like, so your own people died um, in their homes, and you had no money supposedly to to help um, rehouse them, but suddenly you have money to um, rebuild Notre Dame, a building that's, that's not even in our country. Mm-hmm. Have other countries donated to help rebuild Big Ben? No, but re- Big Ben's been under construction for God knows how long. Yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's so funny, actually. <laughs> Yet now we're suddenly helping all these other countries rebuild their national artifacts. Why? Yeah. I mean, on one hand, you've got this European, white European building that's like a symbol of Christianity Mm. and colonial wealth. And then you've got a building that housed black and brown immigrants and they were deemed their their lives weren't valued in the same way. And so we don't put the right, so it's just this idea that, you know, these are the people that are, this is what's expendable. This is what's discardable. This is what's disposable and it's human life. Yes. So it's hard. I think, how do you, um, you know, like we talk about all of this stuff and it's, it's sad and it's heartbreaking and it's gut wrenching half of the time. How Mm. do you reconcile with like being quite anti-capitalist, but also working for a corporation? Um, not well. <laughs> <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah, to put it lightly. It is a struggle. Um, I'd say it's an, uh, much like everything we talk about, it's an ongoing journey, forever learning. Um, yeah. I think most importantly, I ensure that I work for a company that doesn't exploit its workers, whatever level they are. And I mm. believe my company doesn't do that. Um and then going forward, it's just getting an understanding of how little old me can help in such a such a big big system. What I can do to make a to make a difference. And um, but yeah, mainly just educating myself. Yeah, I think. What about you? I'm. I feel like I'm constantly stuck in this state of like, I hate it here. <laughs> and- <laughs> trying to make it a little bit better like you so like working as an environmental engineer and knowing that I work for a company that doesn't necessarily exploit the people that it directly employs Mm. but it definitely like exploits natural resources like there are petrochemicals everywhere there's fossil fuels everywhere there's loads and loads of um raw materials that come that are definitely mined from places that are over extracted and over exploited to produce a product that we need so yeah um in order to for for various reasons like we all need metals and and also aside from that i know that on the other end it's like not on the the procurement end but on the other end is how many emissions are ruining people's lives mm. um in the nearby nearby towns and cities um 
I, I think it's really difficult because like I hate that I'm associated with that. Yeah. But at the same time, my job is to try and make those emissions less bad, you know? Less less present and in order for us to like have this gain in a quality of life and have these metals and then hopefully create um renewable sources of energy that this metal then actually helps build. It's like this balance that I'm trying to like sit in between. Um, but like you, just trying to like constantly educate because it's hard, I think, being in that space. And also like another element of like working for these corporations is how just trying to get into that space, we're told that you have to have like so many levels of qualification before you're even eligible. And it's like, it's difficult if you're not someone that can afford to put aside six months of, of time to like have work experience without any pay. Yeah. There was, um, I think that, that whole system just blows my mind because there was a, a LinkedIn, um, LinkedIn post by, um, like a LinkedIn influencer, I guess. Um, LinkedIn influencers. They're my fave. (laughs) (laughs) They always post the wildest things like, I failed, then I failed again, and then I failed 31 times, and on the 32nd time, I still failed, but that was okay (laughs) because because then on the 33rd time, I succeeded, and you can do it too, blah, blah, blah. They are like the uh, personification of capitalism. But anyway... <laughs> they are the personification of like work harder and you'll be successful. Yeah, for sure. Um, but this particular one wasn't so bad. Um, but they essentially said like, dear dear recruiters or dear companies, um, not everyone can afford to can afford to do a three month or six month unpaid internship. Um, yeah. And it was basically this woman who'd. She said she had to turn down an internship at a really great company because she got to the end of the application process, like done all the interviews and stuff. Um, and then they told her it was unpaid. Wow. First of all, what a waste of time. Like, can you believe that they would make someone go through an entire inter- um, interview process and then be like, FYI, it's unpaid. And second of all, the audacity, like you want me to work and in most cases produce the same level of work as like, I don't know, a graduate or maybe Paid higher um, and do it unpaid for three months. And it's just, yeah, it just annoys me and, and blows my mind. Cause you're like, you were saying like, there are a lot of jobs that are like, you need experience to get this job, but the only way to get experience is to get that job. <laughs> get that job yeah (laughs) and it's an ongoing cycle um and then the places that offer experience often don't don't want to pay don't want to pay you and you're like well why are you if you have um capacity for more employees you need to pay them you can't just um offer free like free um labor in the say in the in this for the sake of experience it's kind of like how um creators are often offered um, gigs for exposure, quote unquote exposure. And you're like, it's not. That's not the 
that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to Exposure get paid. Like I need pay to pay the bills. Pay the bills. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's unfortunate because this in the same the same post they were saying that um, there is a disproportionate amount, disproportionately high number of people of color in unpaid, um, unpaid internships and a disproportionately high amount of um, disproportionately low amount of people in people of colour in um, paid internships and um, there was it, often it is people who are middle class and have do have generational wealth or have families that can support them mm-hmm. um, in through a time where they won't need to be paid so they can get that yeah. experience but not everyone is able to not everyone has that support. Not everyone has that sort of money to live three months um, without getting paid. And often the, another problem with those unpaid internships is even if you did think, okay, maybe I can scrape by for three months, like work double time, maybe have another job at the same time. There's no guarantee you get a full-time job at the end. Yeah. Um, and then they're just left with what their experience mm. and no job. And who's to say that that, employer isn't just doing that three-month thing on a like a rotor yeah. basis where they're just essentially having someone do that work for free all the mm. time like a round robin of the three free internships yeah like um so yeah i think the only time free experience as valid is if it's like you know you do work experience week at school you have like one week yeah or in first year, a lot of companies have like one week things where they allow people to come into the office and like see what they're doing for a week. But even then, they like reimburse travel and they pay for pay for your As lunch and like the, exactly and stuff like that. So like that, it's not even. So yeah, even then, it, they're they're doing better than they yeah than people not paying at all. It is crazy how crazy like how. <laughs> the levels at which is also getting worse like I remember uh, like applying for this internship and it was unpaid and you had to have a master's degree you had to have two degrees and some experience in order to get this unpaid internship at this people are moving mad high, literally moving mad at this high level like this really well-known company and I'm like in what world do you think that after having spent 20 Okay, if you have a master's degree, so on average at least 23, 24 years old, mm. um, in what world do you think the 23, 24 year old who has spent their entire life in education can then still afford to not get paid at that stage? Yeah, so there was this funny thing, another funny thing I saw, and it was like, um, in around that, it was maybe it was like last year when people started cottoning on to how companies were like, you need this many years experience for an entry-level position where we will pay you 20,000 pounds and you're like so you want how much experience or there was the there were people starting Mm. to call out call out companies like there was one where it was like you need this many years experience in this particular software so say five years experience in this particular software but the software had only been out for three so they were like okay but how am I meant to have five years experience in this software that's only been what? out for three? Literally. So people started wow, being... their HR departments really are just out of touch. Huh? Yes. Uh, well, even just hiring managers, like to so the people who are like, because yeah. our 
because then you're like, well, then you don't even have five years experience in this tool if you are hiring for that position. Um, and another thing that's tricky with, um, you know, how you said about circling back to reconciling with being anti-capitalist. Um, there was another... She doesn't even want to say the word. I don't even want to, I hate want it. to say it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say it. Um, there was another really, like, quite somber, funny but somber post where it was like, so we um, we get an education, we get a job, we have a holiday two weeks a year. Mm-hmm. We retire, then we die. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> is that is that what it is? And it was like someone who was just realizing that that was, that was what life essentially is. School, work, mm-hmm. retire, whenever you're able to retire. But the retirement age is being pushed further and further away from us. <laughs> As, as time goes on because money is um lessening and then um and then that's it so yeah, yeah. it's tricky to be because we are obviously part of part of the system and the system is that you need to work to pay bills to eat eat <laughs> to eat and stuff but yeah. um but yeah it's it difficult. does um saying that about some bad companies there are some um great companies that have recently come into the limelight um, that we wanted to highlight um, as well. So there was one about um, a man called Dan Price, who um, is a great example of being anti-capitalist and um, providing for his employees. And it was maybe five years ago that he did this, but it just came to light recently. Um, But yeah, a few years ago, he... Um, realized that he was talking to a friend who didn't work for him. He owns a company who didn't work for him. And she was saying how she couldn't, she was either taking a pay cut or there was something happened and she now would soon not be able to afford the bills that she was, she had. And she was earning more than his lowest paid employee and he realized he was like, oh my God, is she struggling then with this? Then what is happening with my employees that are earning less than her? So he just. I think he was earning like a million pounds. He was earning like a He was earning like a million, point. yeah, a million a year or yeah. so. Um, so he decided that all um, the lowest um, salary, the lowest paid salary in this company would be 70K. So well, I think he just made everyone seventy k, no, including himself. No, no, no. It was just the lowest paid would be the lowest salary would be seventy k. So there were no because he. It, it, I remember it saying in the article that the people didn't get pay cuts from this change. So people who were already higher than that, no one got a pay cut from this change. It was just people got pushed higher. Only he got a pay cut, so he went down to much less. He got he changed his salary to seventy k. Yeah, but the people who are earning already earning more than seventy k didn't get a pay cut down to seventy k. The emphasis okay. was just that the lowest paid employee would be earning seventy k. So some people got a significant pay rise, some people got a bit of a pay rise, some didn't change, and mm. then he he's the only one that got a pay cut in that change. And people okay. told him that it would be. Um, it would it go would wrong. Yeah, exactly. He'd like run out of money, blah, blah, blah. Um, but they did 
really, really well. Like, cust- obviously, employee satisfa- satisfaction went up, and that meant customer satisfaction um, went up as well because they were happy at their jobs and therefore happy um, servicing the customers. And then the pandemic hit. Um, and everyone thought that, oh, this is it. This is when the company goes down. But um, it did not. He um, asked his employees if anyone would be willing to take a voluntary pay cut. Um, and they had to like write down what amount that they would be willing to go down by. And he said some were, some were um, happy to go take a cut of, of like 50%, um, which is like amazing. Um, but the max cut, that he ended up doing was like 30% or something, including his own. Um, and that was in April. And then July, they all went back to their their pays and it was fine. And this custom- company is yeah. doing, doing great. Um, so that's a really good example of the success of... And like 70% of his employees have already like paid off all of their debt. Yeah. Um, and they, like the amount of like, like you just said, like... Um, quality of life has increased significantly yeah um i think a couple of them have like happily like defeated cancer and like still living their best lives yeah. and stuff yeah um and that is like just a prime example of like how like, he doesn't have like a massive company he's got like 120 employees yeah. but it's it's such a it's such a simple way of just being like how can i have people like the like even his like warehouse workers were inc- like they're valuable people to the company. They yeah. make the system work, and without them, the whole operation would fall apart. How can we not? How can I be earning so much more than these people who that literally make my company the my dream project work the way I yeah need it to work? They're the reason that this company is functioning, mm-hmm. or one of the reasons. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. No, it's really really good. And I think there's a lot of ways in which we can sort of like undo like internalized capitalism as well um, that can lead you to get to these positions where like eventually where you do have like power, you can make decisions that actually impact your employees' lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I guess the start of that is just recognizing that like all labor is valid, mm-hmm. you know, um, we can't, you know, just base someone's value and like what their self-worth and what we and how we see personal value um based on their their labor as well we have to see them as full people outside of their earning or saving potential yeah yeah it is oh and like i think you posted something recently on your instagram that was like a really nice way to like tie off the year that like especially with a pandemic like how we have like internalized capitalism where we see like our worth is based on our productivity and sometimes mm. in a in a pandemic like you're, you're not always productive no god no yeah the post was like um the first page of the post which is what i shared was like it was things you must do before the year ends and honestly <laughs> i spent my anxiety just like skyrocketed because i was like why i was, I was like what is what what do I to do? i'm so tired <laughs> and then you click on the post and it was like the next page was like nothing the fuck <laughs> it was like, it was like yeah, rest it was <laughs> you do not need to do anything um don't let anyone mm-hmm. tell you you need to be productive at the, the, the end of the year like you've just lived you are still living through a pandemic this year has been hard like you need to rest 
Um, and that is, again, part of, as you said, in undoing internalised capitalism, like thinking that you have to be productive 24-7 um, to, to succeed or to do well. And actually, or just be valid. Actually, rest is very much uh, quite an important part of that equation, if not more important than the, the working itself. So you can refuel Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Absolutely. And on that note, <laughs> goodbye, twenty twenty. Yeah. Good riddance. <laughs> um, yes. But yes. Yeah. So true. Actually. Goodbye, twenty twenty. We'll see you guys in twenty twenty one. Um. Mad times. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Hope you. Hope you all are enjoying a good Christmas period, mm. Kwanzaa period. Happy holidays, season greetings. Happy holobobs. All that. And as Annabelle so rightly said, do nothing. Yeah. Rest, Rest up. And indulge yourself in radical self-care. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of I Saw You Like This. A big thank you to Season for producing all the music on this podcast. That's S-E-A-Z-N. They are a wonderful sibling duo. We're making some pretty, pretty sick beats. So check them out if you can. As always, we had a lot of fun recording this, so we hope you enjoyed listening as well. Please give us a follow on our Instagram page. Um, the at is just, I saw you liked this. Um, and there you can DM us, let us know what you thought of the episode, and also tell us if there's anything else you'd like us to talk about. But until then, see you next week, soon, around.